Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and today it's a pleasure to welcome on Sarah McCann, who is the incoming Chief Executive Officer of the Australian HR Institute. Sarah has extensive global experience in membership and trade bodies and also has held senior roles across a variety of sectors in Australia, the UK and the USA. Given that COVID is here and it's created so much pressure and stress for everyone, HR managers and people managers have seen their workloads balloon, navigating their company's responses to a series of unknowns. So I thought, who better to ask than Sarah McCann as the expert in this space? This podcast is proudly brought to you by Chile Technology. And without further delay, let's welcome Sarah to our show. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Sarah to our show today. Welcome, Sarah, to our podcast. Thank you, Chelsea. And given COVID has created so much pressure and stress for everyone, HR managers and people managers have seen their workloads balloon, you know, navigating their company's responses to a series of unknowns, plus all the pressures of their own home life on top of all of that. So I thought, who better to ask than you when it comes to discussing, you know, major trends that you're seeing and what are your biggest concerns right now for your members? As you've intimated, Chelsea, globally, HR has been at the centre of the organisational response to COVID. There's so much that they've done. They've led the wholesale move from working from home, all the health and safety issues that have come with COVID-19, or if workplaces haven't been able to work remotely, HR has been dealing with workplace health and safety in the times of COVID, juggling social distancing, staff rosters, and in some cases, even recruitment, which we forget about. Mm -hmm. And across the board, so many of them have had to manage restructuring, redundancies, and stand-downs. Recent RE research shows that more than one in three respondents reported that their organisations did have to make the tough decision to stand down or make redundant some of their workforce over the last few months. And responsibility for employee wellbeing is HR's role, including the mental health issues that employees are facing. So they've had to communicate with employees, encourage and support CEOs and senior leaders to communicate in an open and transparent way. We've just launched our HR wellbeing report that looked at just this issue. And the research supports many of the trends that we have been seeing throughout the pandemic, both through feedback from our individual members and some of our previous research. The two recurring dominant themes have been first the immense workloads that HR practitioners have faced and second the loss of connection that long periods of full-time remote working has created for them. One interesting finding of the research is that the vast majority of our practitioners have said they're managing to effectively communicate and connect with others virtually. So that's a good thing because they're getting their messages across and their job's done. But this isn't necessarily translating into them feeling connected to their team, with a large percentage saying they're missing physical connection and a quarter saying they're feeling isolated from their team. Now, I'm not surprised about this because video chats don't lend themselves to deeper emotional connection. It's hard to read those cues. We often get straight to business rather than having those social chats that we're used to in face-to-face meetings as people wander into the meeting room with their coffee. Mm -hmm. 
And the red flag in this research is the huge volumes of work HR practitioners are having to manage, which I've already said reflects how important they are during a, a crisis. Unfortunately, a large percentage of HR practitioners have also said they feel like they can't cope with the demands of their role at the moment, with 73% saying they're working on tasks that they don't have the time or the energy to complete. And this increased pressure is already having an impact on their mental health and well-being. And many are saying they are tired and exhausted, and they're giving us lower than expected scores around happiness in their job. Mm, this is frightening, isn't it? As a mental health ambassador, you know, these, this whole immense workload, and we're seeing it as well with the companies we're training, and that they are really feeling that loss of connection, missing that physical connection. And from your point of view, what are successful companies or people doing to kind of help with these pressures that other people listening could potentially adopt? Well, certainly for employers, the first thing that they should be doing without fail is checking in on all of their employees regularly on a one-to-one -one basis. And this means including HR in the check-in, even if that check-in was HR's idea in the first place. Mm -hmm. And at these check-ins, not only should they be asking how the employees is going, they should be looking at their energy levels, whether they seem tired, flat, or say they're, they're not sleeping well. Um, employers and managers should also be looking out for other mental health flags, like being a little bit irritable, not wanting to join in online social activities, or a lack of, of concentration. It's um, really important, though, to let employees know that it's okay for them not to be okay and show your own vulnerability too. demonstrate that, you know, you have your ups and downs as well. A lot of companies have been doing short pulse surveys to gauge the sentiment in their company and what the key issues employees are facing at that time. And then the results of these sorts of discussions and surveys can then drive a targeted organisational response, which might include things like understanding whether workloads are too high and trying to cut out what's not needed right now, providing additional flexibility to employees to help get them through the current situation. So particularly I'm in Victoria, this might be something like extra leave if children can't go to childcare or if they're homeschooling, access to online yoga or meditation, get together virtual drinks or coffee breaks or other social activities, send care packs to employees' homes or provide care packs for employees returning to the physical workplace and definitely communicate more than usual about what's happening across the business because people are very nervous about what's going to happen to them, their employers and their jobs. What we've seen though is HR practitioners also been accessing online communities or their own networks online for support. And these have been really supportive and very, very important to keep that connection going. They're fantastic. Really, really good tips and, and a lot of value for our audience listening. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Chili Technology. Even though winter is here, we still need a cool body core temperature to have great sleep efficiency and deep REM. An easy way to get our body core temp down is by using an aula from Chili Technology. You just slip it over your mattress, switch it on, set your temperature, and you're away. They even come in single, so you can set your own temperature, since partners often like to sleep at different temperatures. To get a great night's sleep, 
and 15% off, head to eqminds.com forward slash podcast and use the code eqminds15 for the Aula system. And being in Victoria in stage four at the moment, we're really feeling it, to be honest for you, Sarah, and the rest of the Victorians. And currently, you know, with working from home, how much it's changed due to COVID, where do you see the trend going in the future from here? Well, I think that as a result of the, and they're sometimes surprising, positive experiences that many of us have had from working from home and having our teams working from home, I'm predicting that more employees will want to work flexibly in some way into the future. And as part of that change, I think what we're going to see is a shift from what I call employer-led workplaces to employee-led workplaces. So if you think about flexible working policies previously, actually, they weren't that flexible Mm -hmm. because they did things like specified the span of hours that you had to work within and said that only certain roles were allowed to be done remotely. Whereas in the employee-led workplace, employees will determine much more where and to a certain extent when they work. And that'll be at all levels of the organisation. So, for example, if you think about somebody who's got young children, they might work till uh, 3.30, go and pick up the children, spend a couple of hours with them, and then when the children are fed, bathed, and hopefully in bed or, or your partner's gone, come back home, you then go back and make up those hours after hours, so to speak, but they represent your core job. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that sort of flexibility. An elderly relative, you go and deliver lunch to them and spend an hour sitting and chatting with them, and then you come home and work a little bit later. So I think we're going to really understand what individual employees' needs are. But of course, we need to think about that the business still needs to deliver. So this increased and more personalised flexibility does need to benefit everybody, the employee, their team, and the organisation. One of our previous surveys we did in June, uh, we surveyed our HR practitioners. This was our third, again, a pulse survey of our our members. And 80% of our HR leaders said they believe their organisation will allow more employees to work remotely to some degree due to the experiences of COVID. And when we asked them why, they said people have come to enjoy not commuting and having more time with their families that as an employer, they'd have to add flexibility in order to be competitive in the market, in order to attract the right people. They've seen through COVID that flexible working can be done efficiently and productively. And there's also the opportunity to reduce costs, for example, real estate. But part of this shift and supporting this shift has to be away from an attendance culture you know, checking that everybody's in their seats toward Mm. the performance culture to drive efficiency and effectiveness. It's no good having to monitor your employees. You have to understand what you want them to get done and look at their performance in getting that done. I really like that. That's excellent. Performance culture and isn't it? Because no one likes to be micromanaged. I think that's a really great And if the trend is right and we're moving to more flexible working and employee-led organisations, you're kind of the expert in this space. I'd love to know some of your tips, you know, if you 
if people are now going to move into this, if this is going to be more of a permanent thing with working from home, what are your top tips, Sarah, you know, for productivity and performance? And two, maintaining balance. Like I'd love to explore, you know, what do you do for your own stress management techniques in your life? Well, the first thing I'll say is that it's all very personal to the individual. So there's no one size fits all definitely in this area. But for me, it really depends what I'm doing. When I'm doing a lot of writing, I work in a very, very small, very quiet room where there are no distractions at all. But when I'm on calls, I actually prefer to work in our family room where I can see people walking through. They wave to me. My son, when he's finished school, pops his head out of the door and waves. (laughs) That's nice. I do have a busy light so that they can see that I'm on a call. But actually, for me, maintaining balance and increasing productivity, the tips are the same because if you maintain balance, you are going to be more productive. So some of my tips are, in very much inverted commas, walk to your next meeting. Even if you go out your front door, cross the street and go back into your front door, your mind will be clearer and you've actually moved around just as you will have moved in the physical workplace from your desk to a meeting room. Make sure you put an hour in your diary for exercise and fresh air. Everyone's working more flexibly now, so actually it can be any time. And for me, I tend to do it about 3 o'clock, 3.30. It just seems to suit my workday best. But for other people, you could even use your normal commuting time to do this. So get up at the normal time and use the time that you would have um, commuted on the train or worse in the car and go for a long walk. And then the other thing is make sure you keep connecting with people because that will start to or continue to promote creativity as well as your own well-being. Love it. And I just got your quote for this podcast. If you remain balanced, you will be more productive. And I I love that. Self-care is actually being really productive. And some people, I think, fill their days with extreme busyness and forget to take care of their most precious resource, which is you. (laughs) And I think sometimes we forget to honour our sleep and movement and Um, I think that's just so important of what you just said there and it's scheduling it in like how you mentioned for you it's three o'clock for me it's a morning commute with our daughter on the bicycle so it's whatever fits in with everyone's kind of unique position and a lot of our audience actually Sarah are in HR so a lot of our audience are corporate professionals and they're in people management but some of them wouldn't wouldn't actually be familiar with um, your incredible organisation, the Australian HR Institute. So can you just briefly explain to our audience its core role and goals? Absolutely. So the Australian HR Institute, or ARI, is the membership association for HR professionals. We've got around 20,000 members across Australia. ARI, our volunteers and our members form a fantastic community where HR professionals can come together and learn progress their careers and support each other. ARI provides training and learning. We certify practitioners. We hold large national events and local networking events. We have a service called ARI Assist, which provides members with support and assistance on specific issues. And really our goal is to create a connected community of HR professionals who are learning from each other and together through their whole career. 
I love that. If you are not a member, you need to go and have a look at this. And we're talking about that, you know, connection is one of their biggest concerns right now. And you've got this incredible network there, Sarah. Do you have any actually upcoming events that new members could be aware of? Yes, we've got a number of events and you can find them at re.com.au. And we also have a lot of resources on wellbeing for HR practitioners. And you can also find them at www.re.com.au forward slash HR wellbeing. That is so wonderful. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on our show today. I think my audience are going to have so many valuable tips from today's session. I really hope those listening go ahead and and have a look at this institute. I think it's going to be exceptionally beneficial. And Sarah, where else can people find you? Is it best to find you on LinkedIn or best on the, the website there? You can find me on LinkedIn and I'd be absolutely delighted to have a chat. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chelsea. It's been a pleasure. To continue on your calm journey, I really encourage you to download a free ebook on how to live a calmer life. Simply head to eqminds.com to receive your free copy. And if you're in a really good mood, please feel free to give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the podcast and then together we can help other people with their mental health and well-being. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with us and we'll see you again in a week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Any advice is not a substitute for medical guidance. Any use of information contained in this podcast is used at the user's own risk.